0: Happy Saturday, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Combine. Brandon Liguori here, alongside my buddy, Usam Patel. We're going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins, their linebacker unit this past 2020 season, and future NFL linebackers to look out for in this upcoming April's draft. Usam, how's everything going, bud?
1: What's up, Brandon? I'm I'm doing okay so far. It's, uh, I'm okay. What about you, my guy?
0: You know, it's crazy. We're almost a month in, it's really the NFL offseason, and a month since Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were absolutely blitzed by Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm always one to say that the regular season, it's uh, excuse me, the offseason flies by quicker than the regular season. Before you know it, we're almost going to be in March.
1: It is, and you talk about heavy blitzes because, I mean, hey, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker core, was absolutely stellar in that performance. And today, we're actually going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins linebackers and the 2021 NFL draft class of the linebackers. We'll be talking a little bit about the um, second to seven rankings of my linebackers a little bit later on in the pod today. But Brennan, dish to me what the 2020 season looked like for the linebacker crew Brian Flores put out.
0: Well, it was it was a couple of new guys, you know, a couple of new guys that Brian Flores and this Miami Dolphins organization brought from the New England Patriots. You look at Kyle Van Noy and you looked at Alandon Roberts. Alandon Roberts, I believe, suffered a season ending in injury late in into the season. So he should be ready to go in, in 2021, week one. But what really impressed me the most was Jerome Baker. I mean, here's a guy that the Dolphins draft out of Ohio State seven sacks. For Jerome Baker, and you know my favorite one from this past season was, I believe, a 36-yard sack against Pat Mahomes
1: on Pat Mahomes. That, that he absolutely drizzled the ketchup on him all over him.
0: It was third and long, and Jerome Baker, who was lined up, I believe it was. I don't, I don't, I really don't necessarily remember exactly where he was lined up. Whether he, I don't think he was lined up at nose tackle, but he came out of nowhere and sacked Mahomes for, I believe, a 35. 35- 36-yard loss. You know, you take a look at this Dolphins linebacker unit. This group, this is a scary group. And, you know, with guys like Micah Parsons, who's likely to be taken off the board early, Usam, give me your brief thoughts about what you see out of Michael Parsons, what his game brings, and if the Dolphins do elect to choose Parsons, how does his game or how will his linebacker game help the Miami Dolphins?
1: You know, Briefly, he's got a knack for going through his gaps and getting the pressure on the quarterback and close and run support. He has really, really quick instincts to read what the offense is giving him and shoot through their gaps and tackle the ball carrier. You know, he's able to use his vision and quickness to get through the holes. Um, he's able to, you know, hold his own against bigger linemen. He would probably just need to work more on his flexibility, chasing down line uh, running backs on outside stretch ones on outside stretch runs, excuse me. Other than that, he's everything you look for in a linebacker. And I want to bring back to your point about Jerome Baker. Many were labeling him as a bust earlier in the season and saying that he's not a true linebacker. I mean, last season, the season before, he ultimately proved he's going to be a mainstay in this Brian Flores defense, whether he might not be the Mike, but he can certainly be an off-ball linebacker. Certainly, create pressure and sack the quarterback and drop back into coverage uh, along five yards of the field.
0: You know, Sam, I want to ask you, was Jerome Baker the linebacker who impressed you the most? Or even if you take a look at a guy like Andrew Van Dinkle, I mean, he came out of nowhere, blossomed this season, a guy drafted out of the University of Wisconsin. What do you see out of Andrew Van Dinkle? Do you somehow see him securing a starting spot next season?
1: AVG is the guy that absolutely, as you said, blossomed, exploded onto the scene. And we saw some of those flashes last year in 2019, along with Vince Beagle. I really do think AVG will have more of an opportunity to play off ball linebacker. Certainly, I think it might sack the quarterback a couple of times. What I do want to see from AVG uh, this upcoming season is more coverage. Can he run with the tight ends? Can he cover the running backs? Well, like deep beyond the field within 10 to 15 to 20 yards and pick off a pass. That's what I want to see, either a pick six or something like that. I really think AVG can be that complete off-ball linebacker. In the middle of the field, I don't think he he will be, but the Dolphins should look for somebody either in free agency or through the draft as a solid Mike linebacker that will be a complete mainstay with about 85 to 90% of the snaps in the middle of the field.
0: I think what honestly impressed me the most, and, you know, to, to, to go back to your point about Van five 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 and a half sacks, which was, I believe, fourth in, in, in the, uh, fourth in the team. You know, here's a guy, again, not really many people necessarily know him unless you watch every single Wisconsin football game, and I don't think a lot of Dolphins fans did that before taking a look at Van Ginkel. But again, this is a very young linebacker unit that, hey, maybe the Dolphins could upgrade at that specific position. We've already talked about specific positions that the team needs to upgrade on the offensive side of the ball. You can definitely look at the linebacker spot being one of the defensive positions that the Dolphins could upgrade. You saw the team traded away Raquan McMillan. I thought he was going to be one of those linebacker guys that was going to stay here for a long time. The Dolphins and him obviously decided to mutually part ways, and he landed a spot with the Las Vegas Raiders. But going into this upcoming 2021 draft, or some, not only do you take a look at Micah Parsons, you have the other guy, Joseph Osai, right? You have guys like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo. O- Cor- Cor-
1: the Joker.
0: I like to call him the
1: Joker, yeah.
0: There's always one Alabama guy on practically every list that we talk about. Tell me what you see in this guy, Dylan Moses.
1: I mean – Alabama is like a linebacker factory turning year after year after year. I mean, you can name almost every single linebacker that Alabama has produced, and they're starting in the NFL today. They might not be well-known, but they could either be on special teams or, you know, a second linebacker, usually an off-ball linebacker. Well, Dylan Moses, uh, he's an interesting study um, for myself, you know, back in 2018. He was a clear-cut number one linebacker that could easily go in the first round, whether it be top 10, top 15. But, you know, he did have a couple injury concerns, and he tumbled a few spots in my linebacker ratings. Not because of the injury itself, but he has not returned back to his 2018 form. Uh, When we talk about injuries as well, and I want to shout out my girl, Steffi Smalls, when we're talking about injury-prone players. It takes time for players to get back to their natural form. Well, obviously, there's the physical aspect, but there's also the mental aspect of the game. You know, in the 2019 season, he was a little bit chippy and a little bit off. Last season, he looked much better. He looked cleaner. He looked more confident as well. And he demonstrated exactly who he is. He's a cruise missile deadlocking on a target that never, ever misses. He's athletic, he's agile, and he can move sideline to sideline like Quicksilver in WandaVision, okay? He consistently works in space and feasts on the defenders trying to work in space against him. And, you know, any linebacker has to be intellectually curious as to what play the offense will be running next or what play will the offense be running two plays from now. He has to look at the personnel and Moses' mental acuity is great. I mean, he locks onto his target. He flies downhill to deliver a crushing blow as well. And he reads and reacts super quick, especially when you're doing some type of gap or power running scheme that the offense usually does. He's able to see the lineman move And try to decipher what kind of hole is being created to clog up that hole and make sure the running back does not get any more yardage or move him back as well. I do want to say, you know, with the linebackers, there's always going to be the concern about covering faster running backs and bigger tight ends. Sometimes with him is that, you know, he can whiff on a tackle or a block. That's just, you know, a technique thing, and the NFL will get him ready for that, whatever coaching staff he lines into. I saw his tape against Kyle Pitts, and that was just not good. And you know, Brandon, Kyle Pitts is a monster. Kyle
0: Pitts. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is one of those tight ends that, you know, you don't really see necessarily a lot of tight ends get drafted within the first 10, 11 picks in the first round. Kyle Pitts is probably going to be one of those players that's taken off very early. I mean, a team that's a, that's a tight end, needy team, Take a look maybe at even a Cincinnati Bengals squad or even a, a Dallas Cowboys, teams that draft early, Kyle Pitts is definitely on their, on, on their radar.
1: Yeah, and he is. And I think, I believe it was the fourth quarter, and I think it was either third and 15 or third and 17. Kyle Pitts straight up just blew by like crazy. And I'm just like, holy Crap. I remember you and I watching that game and we were talking about how UF might actually pull off that upset. That one play right there possibly could have changed it if Alabama didn't roar back against on defense during the last second. I mean, that's Kyle Pitts we're talking about, but what's going to happen if Dylan Moses has to cover Travis Kelsey one on one all the time or Darren Waller one on one all the time? We saw that against Eric Crow, obviously, but Moses will have to get better. If he really wants to be kind of like a cover linebacker who's already great at rushing the passer and defending the run as well.
0: Correct. And you know, I I really love how you how you use that word com- confident, right? <laughs> because any any NFL any future NFL player that gets drafted, whether it be at the linebacker spot, an offensive tackle, any position in the National Football League, you always want to be confident because this is these are guys that if Brian Flores grabs one of these guys that we're we're speaking about, these are guys that could change literally the entire franchise around. I mean, you grab a guy, even like a, like, who's going to be that Nets Luke Kuechly, right? Because Luke Kuechly was dominant for many years. He retired at an early age, played for the Carolina Panthers. And we saw how dominant, like, Luke Kuechly, he even said, like, he could read plays before the ball was even snapped, right? He could read different reads. So which of these guys do you believe is maybe the Nets' future Luke Kuechly that's why I, I love when you when, when you alluded to your point, you were saying that that these guys have to be overall confident. They have, they have to feel confident with, within themselves.
1: You know, when we're talking about player comps, and I want to end uh, Dylan Moses' player comp on this, his ceiling can be like Ray Lewis, but Ray Lewis was not known for being a coverage defender. Right. If Moses cleans that up and works on it, I think he could be in the Ray Lewis echelon right now, he's comparable to Miles Jack. To Keekly, you know, I think this, Keekly is one of those linebackers which is going to be a future Hall of Famer and all-time great. Now, I don't really see a linebacker in this class, maybe besides Micah Parsons, but besides him, I would probably have to say Zaven Collins from Tulsa. Uh, he's ultimately the number two linebacker on my board right behind Parsons and he's Pro Football Focus's number one graded defensive player. Now look, scouts and front offices don't even look at um, you know the awards that were won by players in their college career, but he won the Bronco Nagurski Trophy, which is awarded to the nation's best defensive player. Right. I remember watching film on him and I think... It was against Coastal Carolina. He exploded onto the scene this season, flying around like Jamal Adams. Like, he just came into coverage, snatched the ball right out of the air, and took it for a pick six, all right? He was able to intercept the ball kind of like Don Shinik. You guys might not know him, but back in the day, in the 50s and 60s, that was the linebacker people wanted to play like, and... You know Collins is able to swim around offensive linemen and in the run game, like Luke Kuechly, and that's why I I like how you bring up the point about Luke Kuechly. I think Zaven Collins could possibly be like that. I mean, there's not particularly something he does well, but he's an all-around linebacker that is great. I mean, good in all these areas and in mm-hmm. and rushing the passer in covering tight ends running backs and possibly wide receivers, and also in uh, defending the run as well. He's a fluid athlete. He's got happy feet, which allows him to change directions at the drop of, of a dime. His hips are clean and consistent, and they move like water, okay? He has no issue whatsoever getting parallel down to the line of scrimmage. I mean, with those hips and the fluidity, it basically translates into man and zone coverage where he's able to hold his own. Um, the only thing I would say about him is that he might not be able to hold against bigger offensive linemen like those 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", guards and tackles. I mean, those guys are monsters, okay? He would have a hard time setting the edge if he's an off-ball linebacker against those types of offensive linemen. Um, that... And also when you do the pulling of the guards in that type of run game, sometimes he can get caught up on those blocks and he's eliminated by that play. But what I would like to see from Zayvon Collins in the next year or so, whichever team he plays for, um, I would like to see him run against bigger tight ends, hold up on his block against bigger offensive linemen, and go up against faster running backs in man coverage as well. Because that's something Tulsa needed to, you know, give him as a complete skill set at the linebacker position there.
0: And, you know, to allude back to your point, I think the line, I mean, we always talk about how the quarterback is one of the most important positions in football because without a stout offensive line, the quarterback really can't move the ball and score points. But, you know, the linebacker spot is one of the most important positions on the defensive side of the football. We, we always talk about guys protecting their roles, protecting their gaps. We always have guys who are trying to stop the uh, the run. If you have that one linebacker who misses their their uh, assignment, boom, there goes a 50, 60, 70-yard touchdown run, right?
1: That can be I said want- for a little with the Landon Roberts, too. You know, he's a hard-hitting guy. But if he whiffs on a tackle, I mean, exactly. the running back is and gone. And away that's, from the that's Landon Landon what Roberts.
0: I was to ask you, Nets. I wanted you to, to briefly touch on what did you see out of the new guys that came from the New England Patriots, right? What did you see out of Kyle Van Noy this year, who produced six sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and six pass deflections? And what did you see out of Alandon Roberts, who maybe wasn't as disruptive as Kyle Van Noy, but he still was able to manage his way through throughout the regular season before suffering that I believe it was a knee injury, I believe it was a knee injury towards the end of the, reg, the regular season. What did you necessarily see, though, out of those two guys?
1: Oh, in the beginning, we saw Alandon Roberts just he could not for the first two to three games, absolutely play linebacker position and everyone's saying, Oh, get him out, get him out, get him out. But then he changed it up against the Seahawks and the 49ers game. And he played stout. you know, unfortunately he did get injured during the regular season. And, you know, there are talks out there that he may not return to the dolphins and the dolphins would need a true run defending linebacker like a Landon Roberts, you know, you mentioned uh, Rayquan McMillian. He was the Dolphins' best run stab- stopper behind Alandon Roberts. But a team does not need two run-stopping linebackers. They just need one to be on the field for a healthy amount of snaps. And I think, you know, Flores brought in Alandon Roberts to teach the guys how to defend the run properly. Because we saw it with Jerome Baker. He got better defending the run. We saw it with AVG as well, and we even saw it with Sam McGuavin as well. So Landon Roberts was kind of like that mentor for their for those guys who are good in pass coverage but not so good defending the run. Now with Kyle Van Noy, uh, he was an absolute monster for the Dolphins this season, and I believe you know he's going to be a mainstay for a couple of years. Um, he played absolutely fantastic, and I couldn't be happier with them.
0: You know, and I and I and again, you know, speaking on the on the point of how dominant this linebacker unit was, despite the age, the Dolphins probably have to be one of the youngest linebacker unit in the National Football League. You had a couple of veterans on that group, like we talked about with Roberts and Van Noy, But most of the guys that the Dolphins had on the 2020 roster were pretty much guys that were in their mid to late 20s, you know, guys that were just kind of really developing before before. Before we wrap up today's show, I want you just to basically give me your overall thoughts on the linebacker spot heading into the 2021 season. What guys on our list do you see maybe the Dolphins taking a look at? Or maybe guys on the list that you see Brian Flores and Chris Greer, maybe even Solette with one of their two first round picks or one of their second round picks. How do you see that domino falling?
1: You know, I don't think the Dolphins will look to free agency to get a linebacker. The class is not the best for the free agency position, and they would probably have to pay a lot of money when you can get a cheaper guy in the draft. Uh, there's this one guy, he's kind of like a hybrid linebacker safety position, Jeremiah busu the Joker, himself. And he's an intriguing prospect because he has the build of a linebacker, but he can play as a third safety as well, he can be that box defender. Um, he might be undersized at the linebacker position, but we all know how undersized linebackers play, um, a la Zach Thomas, who should be a Hall of Famer. And those backers shocked the NFL. Um, joke is he's, he's athletic, he's versatile, he's got great mental processing, great instincts as well. And he played in every single position you can think of. He played Mike. He played Will. He did off ball. He was a safety. He was a slot corner. And he was an outside corner as well. Okay, so he can cover and he can run defend as well. And it makes him dangerous in any type of coverage you throw at him. Um, He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. That's complete off my checklist, which is great because the NFL is a passing lead. League itself, and you can play in the slot and go up against the faster, smaller wide receivers as well. You know his hips are smooth; they can change on a dime. He's able to flip his body around easily, and he can run past catchers down the field with his speed. Uh, with him, he'll just have a tough time taking on blocks with bigger interior linemen um, and bigger tight ends, possibly as well. His tackling will need to get better at the NFL level if you know, he wants to be a mainstay and be a great run defender because, you know, he might be undersized, you know, he leans in with his pads very well and he understands the leverage. So if he gets that down along with tackling and stacking and shedding, I think he could be a Jamal Adams type of player, but more so of a mainstay at the linebacker position. Um, We haven't really touched up on Joseph Osai from Texas. Now, People say he's more of an edge rusher. I say he's an off-ball linebacker, kind of like Andrew Van Ginkle, kind of like Jerome Baker. Uh, He's just scratching the surface of his ability because he's got a rare combination of speed and power. He's got great size, is explosive, and either in a 3-4 or 4-3 scheme, he can be a linebacker on the edge, or somewhere around the wheel position, you know, at, at Texas, the Longhorn product, he struggled to become both, but found his calling as a standup rusher in a three, four and four, four scheme. And Brian Flores runs a multiple defensive front. And I mean, if you put him in the mean defense, this guy will absolutely blast offensive linemen at the point of attack because he's explosive Any. He, Knows how to win and maintain leverage off the edge. The Dolphins had a, had a rough time setting the edge on in the run game and getting after the quarterback, especially against Josh Allen. We know how those two games against the Bills went down, and Osai can set the edge very, very well. He has a great anchor, and he has no issue walking offensive tackles and bigger interior guards into the backfield and collapsing the running lanes as he is going to the ball carrier. He can get parallel and run support, and he's ferocious in pursuit of ball carrier. I mean, he's a rusher. He can rush off the edge. He can rush off the middle as well, but he's raw in pass coverage. You can occasionally drop him on third and long or third and five, possibly. If you ask him to play zone, he can play zone, but it might be a weakness at times and would not be an ideal fit going, going uh, against a man-to-man coverage against running backs and tight ends and even wide receivers as well.
0: I think, honestly, Brian, you know, Brian Flores' is third down unit was one of the most surprising units that we really saw this year. You really didn't know whether the Dolphins were going to bring out a full-man blitz. You really didn't know whether most of the of the the, the defensive line was going to drop back in into coverage. I mean, there was a couple games that I remember you saw the defense was kind of just shifting back and forth. You didn't really know exactly what they were going to do. So whomever the Dolphins elect to draft out of this linebacker spot, if they even decide to select any one of these guys or whether they decide to keep all of their players that were on the 2020 roster, it will be definitely interesting, you know, to see how the scenario plays out. Usama, you know, before we wrap up the show, is there anything else that you would like to touch, touch on? Yeah,
1: and you talk about the defensive line. The defensive line with Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, and Raquan Davis, they're built to eat up blocks. They're not built to rush the passer. They're built to eat up blocks. And that leads to linebackers making plays on the defense. We saw it in New England. We're seeing right. it in Miami. As well. There's another guy in the draft from Missouri itself. And I know you might have a little bit of PTSD when Chris Kirk picked up Charles Harris from Missouri, but he was an edge rusher, not a linebacker. And Nick Bolton is a linebacker from Missouri. And he was the only bright spot on that defensive front. You know, he took the mantle of being the Mike. The middle linebacker, which the Dolphins are looking for, he was a great communicator and led the Tigers' defense in an absolutely competitive SEC conference against Florida, against Alabama, against Auburn. He's already okay in the passing game in zone coverage and can play underneath routes. When you're talking about a Mike linebacker, he's the guy in the middle able to defend against the run game, not necessarily known for his coverage skills. But that's an added bo- bonus for Bolton. Uh, in the run game, he's quick. He's very, very quick. His initial burst is as quick as I've seen, and it allows him to stay clean in the mosh pit. That is the trench of the offense and the defensive line. The Dolphins' defensive line can get it done. They can hold their blocks as, evidence, as evident from last season. The linebackers have to shoot the gaps and get downfield to pressure the quarterback and get after the running back as well. Now look, you might say he's a bit undersized as the Mike position. Okay, cool. But this kid has a heart. He can play with anybody. Um, He would probably need to pair up with an off-ball linebacker like Jerome Baker, like AVG, like KVN. And the Dolphins already have like three to four of them, which is absolutely perfect. Okay, he will not be the guy in coverage. Let me tell you that most of the time. He's gonna be the guy downfield like Landon Roberts, like Raquan McMillan, and Coach Flo. If he does draft him, he will use him violently to crush running backs and put back offensive linemen on their heels. And I think Bolton might be the most underrated linebacker of this group that we talked about today.
0: Do you possibly see, you know, by you saying that that Bolton's probably one of the most underrated guys out of this linebacker unit that we're speaking about, do you possibly see Bolton landing a spot on the Mi- the Miami Dolphins?
1: You know, honestly, <laughs> we're going to have to look at how the draft board falls for the Dolphins. You know, linebacker is not the biggest need, but if Miami really needs an elite defense. They already have the secondary covered. The defensive line is built to eat internal blocks, and we might see a free agent addition or maybe someone in the draft as well. But to be truly elite, the Dolphins need a Mike linebacker that can destroy people in the run game and occasionally on third down can cover. Can Bolton be the guy? I think he can. With coaching and technique and with Brian Flores' leadership, if the Dolphins do pick him, I think he'd be a great addition to the defense that they've been lacking to since the last two years.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see, you know, Brian Flores and, Chris, and even Chris Spear especially, he's always one of those guys that find the underrated underdog type guys, right? We always talk about how Preston Williams made a name for, for himself, right? We found, we saw how Jason Sanders made a name for himself. We saw how Zach Sealer, who was also awarded a, a, con, a contract extension, now he was able to make a name for himself. Miles correct. Gaskin, yeah, seventh-round running yeah. back. Miles Gaskin, yeah, correct. And even Sal, uh, Salvin Ahmed and just undrafted guys that Chris Greer is able to, to, to find in the end the positive impact that they're able to have on the Miami Dolphins. You know, this was honestly a really good pod today that you and I were able to discuss about future – linebackers that will hopefully produce consistent success in the National Football League, whether they play for the Miami Dolphins or any one of these other franchises.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be fun to watch them, whether they are Dolphins or not. And, you know, I'm going to be taking a look at my scouting reports, either a year, two years, three years in the future. And, you know, they proved me wrong. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's instincts is great. The scouting that I made, it showed exactly what was shown on tape. Or maybe they can surprise me and get absolutely better, and probably be a mainstay at linebacker, possibly future Pro Bowlers, possibly Hall of Famers as well. You know, we'll see what the future holds.
0: Right. and you know, as always, Usam, I uh, I appreciate your hard uh, work that you that you you provide outstanding draft coverage. Uh, make sure you guys follow Usam on Twitter, and make sure you guys follow myself on on Twitter. We've all we always provide you with our with our. Our personal Twitter ads, so make sure you guys give us a follow. If you guys ever have any questions that you guys want us to answer, we'll be more than willing to help out. And as always, thank you guys for tuning in to the Saturday Scouting Combine alongside Brandon Lagori, Usan Patel, and have a great rest of your week. And as always, again, fins up,
1: fins up, everybody. <laughs>